All right, welcome back to the podcast. I am Jesse, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about NFL free agency featuring your Cincinnati Bengals. And this is the first week of the NFL free agency market, and it has been wild. The beginning of the week, the Bengals weren't doing a lot, and you see these new Bengal fans, like, they were all up in arms with the organization. They were like, why the Bengals are making moves? Oh, the Bengals are standing pad. Oh, the same old Bengals. And then, on Wednesday night, roughly around 10.45 p.m., I'm over here watching the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball team NIT first round game against Virginia Tech. Great game, by the way. The Bearcats did win, and the Bearcats are on to the second round of the NIT. Good for them. I get a text message from one of my friends, right? I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't on my phone. I was completely focused on UC Virginia Tech. I get a message saying, Orlando Brown is a nice signing for the Bengals. I'm like, wait, what? That's what I text him back. I'm like, nah, you must be really joking right now. And then he was like, no, the Bengals signed... The best free agency offensive lineman in the market. So, as the Bearcats game was getting intense, that game was great all through, all throughout, okay? I immediately go on Twitter, okay? And there it is. Bengals sign four-time Pro Bowl tackle and two-time Super Bowl champion Orlando Brown Jr. to a four-year $64 million and includes over $31 million signing bonus, largest ever for an offensive lineman. <clears throat> Do you guys realize how big of a deal this is? Never in my lifetime would I thought the Cincinnati Bengals will be making this type of deal, especially to a player in the caliber like Orlando Brown. I'm not talking about Orlando Brown from That's So Raven, who was a childhood actor, and now he's on cocaine and crack, and, you know, we'll get to that later, but, you know, that's a, that's a podcast later, but anyways, you know what I mean. Anyways, Orlando Brown Jr., who, by the way, is a former Kansas City Chiefs player. Yes, the Bengals got a Chiefs player, and the Bengals and Chiefs are rivals, and it's just, this is just going to up the rivalry even more. It's like the Yankees and Red Sox of football, for real. Oof, Duke Tobin was working all week. And you saw a couple of Bengal players leaving the team, as expected, when free agency hits this past Monday. Like, I knew the players that the Bengals let go of. I knew it was going to happen. But there were some Bengals fans out there, especially the new ones from 2021. They were just, like, giving this team and this organization shit. And I knew Duke Tobin was just like, you know what? I'm just waiting and waiting. And then, boom, they make this move (laughs) at 10.45 p.m. on a Wednesday night. Wow. Wow. So Orlando Brown Jr., left tackle, the best at his position. And here's the funny thing about all this, all right? I go on Twitter, right? And immediately, Chiefs fans are saying, oh, well, you guys, he's not that good, blah, blah, blah. 
and he, he has his deficiencies, and good luck. Are you guys that salty? You guys are coming off a Super Bowl championship victory. And Orlando Brown Jr. was your best lineman on your team. And you're over here saying that he's not good? Are you just mad because you guys didn't re-sign him? You guys are mad because he's going to the Cincinnati Bengals? And you guys know good and well, Chiefs fans, I'm talking to you guys. You guys know good and well that the Bengals did not have, they did not have three of the offensive linemen hurt in the AFC Championship title game. Bengals would have, made, Bengals would have been on to the Super Bowl. You know that. And you know this is the weak point of this team. The offensive line. And we're sure that last offseason and in the first 15 games of this past season, same offensive line group until Lyle Collins gets hurt. Then Alex Kappa gets hurt. And then Jonah Williams gets hurt. Now the Bengals are down to three backups. And still, they almost beat you guys in your home field. So you're mad because we took your best lineman and we bring, bring him here to Cincinnati and we give Joe Burr even more protection. The reason why the Bengals made this move is to not only protect number nine, but it's also to get over that hump. That has been just these last two playoff losses for the Bengals in the Super Bowl, in the AFC title game. It's been about the offensive line, especially in that left tackle position. And what did what does Duke Tobin do? Go get the best lineman in free agency. Unbelievable. Let's talk about this contract, all right? It's a $31 million sign bonus. It's likely to be only... Okay, so here's... Okay, let's, 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 let's replay that, okay? $31 million sign bonus. It's likely to be only amount fully guaranteed at signing, so 48%. But this is how the Bengals construct a deal with enough one-year cash, which, I mean, which serves them to effectively guarantee at least the first two years. I mean, $16 million AAV, and you take him away from Kansas City? I mean, Duke Tobin, KD Blackburn, and Troy, they deserve a standing ovation. And I'm going to give that to them right now. Like, that's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. So here's more details of the signing. So he gets 67.87% of the $64 million fully guaranteed with $42.3 million through year two, okay? And then $49.9 million through year three. And then by that point, he'll be ready for the next deal, okay? And this move, like I said... It's going to help Joe Burrow tremendously, okay? I am sick of tired of Joe Burrow getting sacked over 40 times every single season, okay? And I just hope, knock on wood, right? Knock on wood. Knock on wood that this will be the season where Joe Burrow is not going to get sacked a lot. He's going to take sacks because he's a quarterback, okay? He likes to run as a quarterback, okay? He's very underrated as a runner. So he's going to take some chances. But 
I just want that man to have some time on the pocket because before the injuries happened off the line, like towards midway of the season, especially in that Chiefs game in Cincinnati where the Bengals won, and you saw when Joe Burrow had time in the pocket, oh, he was dicing up the Chiefs secondary. I'm telling you, okay? Not only, oh, Lando Brown, all right? He gives Cincinnati more stability at the left tackle position, which he will be playing, okay? I think the biggest specific upgrade he offers is protecting the inside out and then pretty much anchoring against power, which will make the pocket more firm for Joe Burr. And the corner will be still a little short, but Burr can work off that very easy. Okay, very easier. So you're going to see Joe Burrow get out of pocket and run, okay, when the pressure at the pocket gets a little too hectic for him. And he's a he knows how to do that. But what I want Joe Burrow to do is when he's standing in the pocket and when he has time to throw the football, he's going to find Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. It's, it's going to be a beautiful thing. It's going to be a beautiful thing. I, I, I just cannot wait. I cannot wait. So, right now, it's March 17th. St. Patrick's Day on a Friday. Here's how the Bengals offensive line looks, okay? You got Brown. You got Volson. You got Ted. You got Alex Kappa. And then, everyone's saying bye-bye to Jonah Williams. No, Jonah Williams is still going to be a starter. Now, I believe he's going to be the right tackle position. And then, what's the deal with Lyle Collins? Now, Lyle Collins is still going to be recovering back from a torn ACL. So, he's going to start the season on the PUP list, which is physically unable to perform list, as he continues to recover from his ACL injury. So, what is next for Lyle Collins? I will say that you let him heal. Okay, and then you cut him or he can be an assurance in 2024 in case Jonah Williams leaves after next season. Or it depends if the Bengals draft high with a tackle in the NFL draft coming up next month. If the Bengals do that, then... Jonah might leave after next season because the Bengals do draft high with their 28th pick of the draft and they take a lineman, an offensive lineman, then yes, yes, Jonah leaves after next season. But we'll see. We'll see. All of this is TBD. <clears throat> but right now, I like the I like the makeup of the offensive line. Obviously, you look at the starting lineup, Jonah Williams is obviously the weak link of it. But, <clears throat> listen, he's not the best in the world, all right? I just think he's been hurt the past two seasons, and I'm not giving him an excuse, okay? He still allows a lot of sacks at his position. He has his moments, but... Like, I was talking to one of my friends. It's like, you don't really want to say he has his moments because it's like, 
He has good games, and then he has really, really, really bad games. And they come in stretches. We don't want that. We don't want that anymore. So in my in my opinion, he's going to leave after next season. Speaking of leaving, during free agency this past week, we had some Bengals leaving, okay? So Jesse Bates, we all knew that he was going to leave after this season. He signed a big contract with the Atlanta Falcons. So he's a Falcon, fourth highest paid safety in NFL history. So good for Jesse Bates. And like I said in plenty of podcasts, appreciate what he did for Cincinnati and for this organization. And he was very involved in the community as well. Good luck in Atlanta, and I hope he does well there. <clears throat> the one that I was really like, damn, is Von Bell. I thought the Bengals were going to keep Von Bell, and I thought the Bengals needed to make it a number one priority to keep Von Bell. And then he leaves to go to Carolina. Love Von Bell. That hit on Juju Smith-Schuster on Monday Night Football in 2020. That pretty much was like the hit that pretty much got the Bengals back on the map. And if you know, you know. If you're a real Bengals fan, you know how much how big of that hit that was in that moment of that game. It just changed the trajectory of the franchise. And then we drafted Joe Burr, and then the rest is history. <clears throat> so Von Bell goes to Carolina, wishing nothing the best. Leadership, locker room presence will be missed. Very good safety. Underrated safety in the NFL. And then tight end Hayden Hurst. I thought the Bengals could potentially sign him for one more year. But he joins John. He John. He joins Von Bell in Carolina. Thank you to Hayden for all he did in year one as a Cincinnati Bengal. He was very vital to this team's success. His energy. And he was definitely an upgrade over CJ Uzama. Definitely. So good for Hayden. And then Samaj Pirine, running back number two. One of the most underrated running backs when it comes to pass blocking. He goes to Denver on a nice deal. So for good Samaj, good for him. And I think that's a, that's a very good fit for him. All right. So with those players leaving... You might be asking, who did the Bengals sign during free agency? Okay, we already know about Elena Brown Jr. <clears throat> that same day, I think, no, I'm sorry. It was Thursday. The Bengals signed guard Cordy Ford for a one-year contract. Pretty much Ford provides the Bengals with offensive line depth. Now, he has quick feet. And he's pretty big, but so far... In his first four years in the NFL, he did play in Oklahoma with Orlando Brown Jr. In his first four years in the NFL, he hasn't really played well, okay? And if I had to pick who's better between Cody Ford and Max Sharping, <clears throat> I will take Max Sharping, even though Max Sharping is not the best. And I don't think Cody Ford is that, that good as well, too. But like I said, it's for offensive line depth. <clears throat> so I understand why the Bengals signed him. But we'll see. We'll see. I think that's I think that's a reasonable signing for the Bengals. It's not a signing where it's like, oh, I'm so mad. No. 
I think the Bengals need offensive line depth because, as you saw last year, <clears throat> with Collins getting hurt late in the season, and then Kappa getting hurt in the last game of the season, and then Jonah getting hurt in the playoff game against the Ravens, whew, the Bengals were literally down to like <laughs> the backup backup lineman, and they did well against the Bills in the divisional playoff round. But then you saw what they did it against the Chiefs in the AFC title game, so that's why the Bengals. Went out and get Cody Ford for just offensive line depth. Also, the Bengals kept <clears throat> punt returner Trent Taylor. He's back on a one-year deal. Trent Taylor was number three in the NFL in punt return average last year. He was also number four in total punt return yards. So TT was doing it all in that. I was in the mindset that the Bengals were going to get somebody in the NFL draft when it comes to punt return. I like Trent Taylor. I think that he was very, what's the word I'm looking for? He was very dependable, okay? He knew his role. I just think the Bengals need somebody that can be a game changer in the punt return game. Trent Taylor will give you a yardage, but you saw in the Super Bowl with Tooney of the Chiefs, Longest punt return in the Super Bowl. Like, that type of explosiveness. Trent Taylor doesn't have that. Like, that's why I was thinking, okay, the Bengals don't keep Trent Taylor. I'm like, okay, they're probably going to draft somebody in the draft to get somebody that's a little bit explosive than Trent Taylor. So, I don't mind assigning a Trent Taylor. I don't mind it. I do, however, want the Bengals just to explore in the draft, <clears throat> give him some competition when it comes to that in the punt return game. <clears throat> just something. I just want somebody that is more explosive in that aspect. Travion Williams re-signs to a one-year deal. Now, with Samaj P. Ryan leaving, does that leave Travion as running back number two? We'll see. But he's definitely going to be the Bengals' kick returner. And he's been that close, especially later part of last season, to just breaking one for a touchdown. I believe next season he will get a kick return touchdown. Guaranteed. Mark it down. It's going to happen. And then on Tuesday, this was a shock. The Bengals re-signed linebacker Jermaine Pratt to a three-year $21 million 10.35 million in year one and a 15.5 million over two years. Huge. Huge, as they say. I thought Pratt was gone and I thought he wanted more money, but he looked at Cincinnati saying that the Bengals have a shot to get back to the Super Bowl and win it, and he wanted to be here from the get go. I think he wanted to stay in Cincinnati. As fans, including myself, I thought Pratt was going to leave. I really thought he was going to leave. But he didn't. He was all about Cincinnati the whole time. So good for Jermaine Pratt. He's 27 years old. Third round pick out of NC State in the 2019 NFL Draft. So far, Pratt in his career, he's at 2,937 career snaps. 293 tackles. 138 defensive stops, four interceptions, including that interception against the Las Vegas Raiders that clinched the Bengals' first playoff win in 31 years. 
three forced fumbles, two sacks. He's only been called for six penalties, and he has six pass breakups. So good for Jermaine Pratt. And honestly, that was such a great deal that the Bengals made. Duke Tobin has been on fire this week with coming with these deals. And for Jermaine Pratt, midway in 2021, that's where he began to show his place in the league as one of the most underrated linebackers in the NFL. You saw the flashes. He is very quick as a linebacker. And it was towards, I believe it was that Denver game in 2021 where the Bengals won. <laughs> Whew, it, was pretty, it was an ugly game. But he had a quarterback sack on, it was Teddy Bridgewater until he got hurt in that game. And then the Broncos put in Drew Locke. But he had a sack in that game. And also, he was just moving around, making tackles. And he was moving with speed. And that's where Jermaine Pratt began to just, like, just flourish. Last season, Pratt was really good. His 78.4 pro football focus grade was the third highest in the Bengals' defense. And then his 87.2 average grade was highest on the Bengals' team on the defensive side. And third among NFL linebackers. So good for Jermaine Pratt. He deserves this. He deserves that contract. And three years of playoff P, as they call him. He ain't no Paul George, but they call Jermaine Pratt playoff P. Okay, so on Thursday night, it looked like the Bengals were on the verge of signing safety Nick Scott out of the Los Angeles Rams. But that signing is not official now as I record this podcast. He might be a Bengal or the Rams might get him back. Either way, I don't think it's a bad signing if the Bengals do end up signing Scott. Okay. He started in that Rams Super Bowl team that won the Super Bowl in 2021 by default. In that season, the Rams were playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the divisional round. And he picked off Tom Brady. And then last season, best season when it comes to tackles, 86. I did a comparison between him and Von Bell. So Scott started 16 games, allowed 323 yards Three touchdowns allowed, two interceptions, two forced fumbles. Von Bell, same thing, started 16 games, 374 yards allowed, one touchdown allowed. Von Bell had four interceptions and two forced fumbles. Now, they're not the same player, but hey, I think that the Bengals, do if they do get Nick Scott, it's not a bad move at all. It really isn't. So we'll see. I think the Bengals are they're going to draft a running back in the NFL draft. That's going to happen. I think in free agency, they're going to look to get another safety, obviously. And then they could, I think they could get a tight end. I wanted Mike Gillespie, Gusecki, you know, the guy from the Dolphins who has the worst gritty dance ever. Mike Hilton. You guys have Twitter. If you follow him, he is like been campaigning these free agency players to come to Cincinnati. And it's been great. He wanted Glasecki as a Bengal. And Glasecki wouldn't he wouldn't mind going to Cincinnati. 
And then I come to see this morning that the Patriots are signing him. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> I have a feeling the Bengals are going to sign a tight end in the free agency market. So, but we'll see. As I look, there's not really a lot of good tight ends left. I mean, Dalton Schultz, former Cowboy. That's like the only one that rings my interest. I'm not really that interested, but we'll see. If they don't go that route, then they might get a tight end in the NFL draft. We don't know. We don't know. But I think the Bengals are going to go after a safety in free agency. And then with their 28th pick in the NFL draft, you go with another lineman, an offensive lineman. But I still think this team needs to still address the pass rush issue. We'll talk about that later, though. But Bengals fans, are you guys happy? Okay? Because you guys were a little bit out there. And I'm not talking about the OG Bengals fans that I know personally. It's the ones that are either new or they have been fans for a while. But they still have that same old new, not new, that same old old Bengals. Well, the same old Bengals mentality. Can you guys just, like, shut up and just be patient and just trust Duke Tobin and Katie Blackburn? They know what they're doing. And did we forget that Joe Burr, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd are still on the team? Did we, like, forget about that? If we did then you guys need to get checked out mentally in your heads. So calm down. Calm down. Is it football season yet? Because I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for OTAs. I'm ready for training camp. Hell, I'm ready for preseason. Free agency in the NFL. You put those two together, it's literally a, a reality TV show. And I love it. All right, guys, I am out. I will talk to you guys next week. And maybe next week we're going to hear more big free agency signing by the Cincinnati Bengals. And who knows, by then, Joe Burrow might be getting his contract. Maybe or not. Either way, we'll have an emergency podcast when that happens. You guys have a good weekend. And happy St. Patrick's Day. I don't celebrate that day, this day. But if you guys do celebrate St. Patrick's Day, then... Happy St. Patrick's Day. And also, having that day on a Friday, especially March Madness, falls right on the calendar, to say the least. March Madness has been crazy so far. Let's see. You got 15 seed Princeton beating number two seed Arizona. You got Virginia choking in the NCAA tournament again, losing to 13 seed Furman. Virginia was the four seed. And then that's pretty much it. Those are the two upsets. I thought NKU gave Houston a good game. They were in that game, but NKU was five for thirty-three from the three-point line. And they all and they almost they were in that game. I'm not saying they almost won, but they were in that game. They would have just made like half of those three pointers. They could have won that game. They only lost by 11. Don't think Houston's that good. I think Houston's not even going to win their 
What, who they play? Who do you think playing next? Oh, they play Auburn. Man, they're losing to Auburn. So, March Madness, St. Patrick's Day, perfect combination. The Bearcats men's basketball team is in the second round of NIT. Like I said earlier, they're playing on Saturday at 2 p.m. against Hofstra. And it could have been a UC basketball home game, but the floor is getting maintenance because of graduation. And I'm like, that is unfortunate. Those players deserve another home game because that crowd at Fifth Third Arena on Wednesday night was really good. It was loud while watching it on TV. So that sucks we debate that UC has to go play Hofstra in Hofstra in a wreck gym. That sucks. 2 p.m. on ESPN Plus if you guys have ESPN Plus. All right. I am man, blah, 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 over here spreading my words. I am out. You guys have a good weekend, and I will talk to you guys next week. Peace.